Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks, guys. Talk to you soon. Hey, this is Angelique Ruer, CEO and founder of The Corporate Agent. And if you want to learn how to produce world-class relationships, you should be listening to the Build Your Network podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know, and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network Podcast. Today, I'm sitting down with Angelique Ruers. Angelique is the CEO and founder of The Corporate Agent and has been called the undisputed champion at helping small businesses land big clients by Inc. Magazine. After successfully navigating all sides of the corporate buying table for more than two decades, her firm now mentors small businesses across 72 countries worldwide in securing five, six, and seven-figure plus corporate contracts. Guys, it's going to be a really interesting conversation with Angelique today. I'll throw some practical situations at her and see how we can give the best value to you as a listener as we can. But first, really quickly, if you are a six or seven-figure entrepreneur and you know how beneficial having a podcast would be for your brand, you see everybody jumping on the bandwagon, you see all the things that are happening in the industry, and you know that you could drive credibility and authority and know, like, and trust with your ideal clients or customers, but you just don't really know exactly how to get it started. You don't have the time or the team or resources to figure it all out. Then let me and my team build one for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. There's a quick application there. We'll jump on a call to see if we have a good fit to build out a show for you so you can focus on what you're good at, which is servicing your clients and customers, of course. And we can focus on what we're good at, which is building world-class podcasts. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. Angelique, thank you so much for coming on the show today. 
Thank you so much for having me. Yes, ma'am. So I found, you know, I get a lot of pitches from people, I'm sure you know, and getting people onto the show and things. And sometimes certain bios catch my attention, catch my eye. And that's kind of how yours was. I I really liked the uh, unique value proposition of helping small businesses land big time clients. And that is the American economy is those small businesses. And so helping them create more sales and hire more employees and all those like your impact is far beyond just the people that you're working with. as as I'm sure that you know. And so I definitely wanted to bring you on the show and highlight some of the amazing things that you've done. Before we do that, let's go ahead and head back in time, build a little bit of context for those listening. Talk to me about, let's say, junior high Angelique, you know, parents, family life, how'd you grow up? Where'd you grow up? All that good stuff. Oh, man. Well, first, I just have to say you're right about that impact piece. We actually call that force multiplier. So we, we need to come back to that. Yes. Gosh, junior high, middle school, that actually, that was an interesting time. So um, wasn't planning to talk about this, but... But since you asked, in middle school, that really, I think, formed so much of who I am today. My mom was working two jobs, going to college at night. We moved in with my grandparents in a tiny, tiny little house in a not great part of Baltimore. I had to share a bedroom with my mother because we had really no money as a family. I was doing the best I could in school and I ended up getting so bullied, Travis, the kids at school actually formed a club that was had a brand, it had a logo, they had a schedule of bullying me. It was pretty physically brutal as much as mentally brutal. And it went on for about two years. And it shaped so much of who I am today because it really taught me the power of perseverance and the power of staying true to who you know you are as, as a leader. And that comes up a lot when you're talking about small business owners working with big companies, having that inner self-confidence to get through the challenges of the economy, especially we're facing today. So I wasn't really planning to talk about that, but that was a big part of my life that has shaped who I am and the type of work that I do today with small business owners. Kids can be so cruel. It's insane sometimes when you think of it, especially as an adult looking back and just like, oh my goodness, man, kids are the meanest group of people out there. <laughs> well, you you know what? I wish we could say that were true, but I actually think that adults can be just as mean. And in this day and age, when you put yourself out there as a thought leader, when you start getting visible, thanks to our social media culture, man, you can get it just as bad today as we did back then. And I think- That is very true. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, look at what happens with the cancel culture and things like that before sometimes there was an incident just- two weeks ago where one person did something and she had a very similar business name to another small business owner. And that small business owner started losing corporate clients and was getting harassed online. And she was, you know, crying. She's like, this isn't me. I'm not the one in that video. That is two different companies. So we really are in a world, especially when you're dealing out in the business space on social media, that you have to really steal yourself to some criticism. It's going to happen. Yeah. How do you look back on that time in your life, Angelique? Like obviously as a kid, being anxious and fearful about going to school every day is definitely not ideal being a kid. How do you think that that really played into 
your desire to be successful, your drive to be successful, the hard work that you've put in over the years? Do you think that there was a lot of fuel that came from that time in your life? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. I think it was really that inner determination not to allow other people's opinions to really determine what you are or are not going to do. And I think that's really at the end of the day, when you look at people in their businesses, half the time they're not doing what they know they need to be doing because they're worrying about what everybody else is going to think about them. You know, they don't want to speak at an event because they're going to be judged by the audience. They don't want to do a podcast interview. They'll be judged by the audience. They don't want to write an article or a book. They'll be judged by the readers. They don't want to reach out to a decision maker because maybe the decision maker will say no or not respond. And so we're really controlled almost all of our life about what other people are going to think. And so when you go through something like that and you finally get to the point where you're like, I don't really give you know, and F what, you know, what other people think. It really kind of frees you up finally yeah. to do what you want to do, you know? Yeah, right. Totally. Did that play into your decision as far as what you were going to be doing post high school? I wish I could say I was that smart and had it all figured out. No, I'm actually, so much of my career was somewhat accidental. At the After college, I worked for this amazing media analysis company. The leadership wasn't so interesting, but the work was fascinating to understand the interconnectedness of things in our world. But one thing led to another, and I ended up working at many large corporate organizations directly for the senior leadership, the C-suite. And that gave me a tremendous amount of understanding about what really happens inside of companies. Because I sat in those boardroom meetings. I sat in those executive team meetings. I was there for those discussions. And so that really ended up leading to me deciding to leave corporate, start my own consulting business, selling to corporate, and a speaking opportunity to a bunch of women business owners ended up leading to this business that I have now, the corporate agent, because they didn't want to know what I was there to talk about. They hijacked my presentation. (laughs) I had a whole slide deck. I was really determined I was going to deliver this particular presentation. And they kept interrupting me. I was getting pretty frustrated, actually, with the audience, which is not something you should do. But I'm like, damn it, I have these 30 slides and I'm going to present them to you. But they wanted to know how I was winning corporate clients. That's what they wanted to know about. And so two of them harassed me for almost a year to take them on as clients. And I eventually did and I loved it and they had great success. And then they started telling their friends and they told their friends. And next thing you know, I have the business that I have today. So that was back in 2009, essentially that all happened. And then we started this company in 2010. But I think that's one of those things where you have to learn to listen to the world around you and what the market is asking for, right? 100%. That's exactly what I was about to say before we get into that. So just to be clear on the timeline, here. Your first job out of college was at this firm. And then you decided basically after doing that, that you're going to start your own consulting firm. Yeah. I kind of glossed over some boring stuff, but I I worked on K Street right out of college for a media analysis company. And that led actually to me landing an incredible job in corporate. And I ended up spending about 10 years in corporate. So I worked in IT consulting. I worked in the energy industry and I worked in the defense industry. So I was working with senior leaders in really complex industries doing really important things that shape our world. I know corporate gets a bad name sometimes. And certainly there are things that corporate can do that's not so great when the profits 
you know, trump everything else. But we as entrepreneurs can't be running the defense industry or the airline industry or the automotive industry, right? There's certain things in our world that happen through large organizations that shape our world. And so much of the work we do now with entrepreneurs is go inside those organizations, leverage their platforms, leverage that force multiplier and transform those companies from the inside out. I like to think of our entire global community of small business owners as Trojan horses of change. And, you know, you get inside the organization and maybe they think that, you know, they're hiring you to go in and teach them about diversity and inclusion. But through your work, you really change their opinions. You really change how they see the world. And we see that happen every day. And so I'm just, I'm an internal optimist that through these conscious entrepreneurs, we're really able to impact these bigger companies. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you. That work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So let's talk about the transition into the corporate agent, the company that you own now, and how you got into that. Because I think there's a huge lesson to be taken away at the very beginning of the story, which is, here's what I think everybody wants from me. And then everybody says, no, actually we want this. And right. then, and then you go, no, 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 this is what you want. And you know what I mean? So myself included, you come up with something that you think is going to be really awesome. And you put, spend so much time thinking about it. You start letting the tail wag the dog and you, and you start making decisions because you're so body, you're in that middle of that sunk cost fallacy where you're just believing that because I put so much work into this, I need to see it through to the end and all this other stuff. But then at the end of the day, right. people are willing to pay you for what people are willing to pay you for. The market decides what you're <laughs> worth and the market decides what you should be doing at the end of the day. So props to you for recognizing 
recognize it as quickly as you did and making the adjustment to start taking on clients for the new line of work that you that you have and for the company now that you've been running for the past decade and obviously has been doing really, really well for you. So um, let's talk a little bit about, about what it is that you do for people and then top couple of tips to help some entrepreneurs maybe that are listening right now who are small business owners on how they can go out and land some of those larger corporate type clients. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll say that, you know, that book, Selling the Invisible, there's a great quote in it that if you listen carefully, your customers will explain your business to you. Hmm. And, you know, I think that's really what you're talking about there. And it's so important. And in fact, I wasn't even looking to sell to small business owners. What's really funny about that story, I had actually only been working with corporate clients and a woman in Baltimore was running a conference for women business owners and kept asking me to come speak to them about getting PR about, you know, getting media coverage, because that was part of what I did for corporations. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I really don't work with small business owners. That's not, you know, what I do. She took me to lunch. So I know you like to talk about relationships and networking. So she buttered me up with food. And so <laughs> I said, <laughs> you know, so I said, fine, I'll do it. And that's kind of what led to that. And in the beginning, the first thing that I did for the business owners was actually try to fix their marketing because I could see right away that their messaging was off. But back then I had a team that would actually do copywriting and graphic design. There's, you know, we did that for corporate as well. So we just were trying, you know, we were trying to kind of force fit small business into what we were doing for corporate. And it, it turned out not to work so well. Now what we do for small business owners, the first thing we do is we have to figure out the key that's going to fit into the lock. Because the messaging that we see on small business owners' websites is pretty terrible. I hate to say it, you guys, but it's pretty terrible. Most decision makers, if they're going to stop by your website, have absolutely no idea what you do, or you sound just like everyone else. So you're just one of everyone. And so the very first thing we do if we're strategizing with folks is figuring out what is their talent, what is their experience that makes them unique, and how can we message that and position that to the right decision makers, the right types of companies, what is the right problem for them to be solving for the companies. From there, what we do is we do training. You know, we train small business owners, how do you get visibility? How do you build relationships with these senior level decision makers? How do you get in front of them so that they can see you? And how do you navigate conversations with them? Because it's all about the conversations that you're having. So we do a ton of training. It's almost like we have to untrain and then retrain these business owners because they have so much bad information in their head that's designed for either the B2C market or the online marketplace. And that is not what the corporate space is all about. Yeah. Tell me who your ideal client would be. Somebody, you know, ideal business or industry type, somebody that might be doing something that you can help them unlock this new level of revenue. Talk to me about like your ideal client. It's really two buckets that we love to work with. One is the CEO of a small enterprise. So someone who might have a team of 10, 20, 30, 40, 100 employees 
they're the leader of that organization and maybe them and their, their head of business development. So we love working with that group. And then we love working with the self-employed experts as well, the consultants, the coaches, the trainers, you know, some of our clients are experts and things that are pretty obscure, I think, for the average person, people who go deep into, you know, cybersecurity consulting. Um, you know, we have clients who work in very niche areas of recruiting for companies, folks who work in very obscure elements of the automotive industry, but they're just one-person businesses. The average person has absolutely no idea how many one-person businesses are actually affecting so much about their life through the work they're doing with corporations. You know, we have mm. clients who've gone into the big social media companies, the big social media companies, teams of one and two people who've completely changed how they talk to small business owners and the products and the, the things that they offer for small business owners. Mm. So our lives are being impacted by these folks all the time through corporate. It's just they're sort of the unsung heroes of a lot of the innovation that's out there. Interesting. So we've mentioned it a couple of times. We've talked about it, touched on it. Obviously, throughout your journey, throughout your career, networking relationships, things like that have been really important for you. So I'm curious to kind of move the conversation more to talking about that world. And this is the question that I ask everybody that comes on the show, the staple question of the show, so to speak. So curious to hear your answer, Angelique. Who you know or what you know, which of those two is more important and why? Oh, there's no question. It's who you know. <laughs> there's absolutely no question in my mind. It's who you know. We see it every single day inside of organizations that the person who is top of mind, the expression, the expert at hand is the expert that's hired. That mm. is not just a cliche. That is the rule of the land. Yeah. The expert at hand is the expert that's hired. So it is entirely about relationships, which is actually not necessarily a good thing, I think, for a couple of reasons. Organizations, decision makers hate looking for outside experts and mm. outside companies to work with. It, it's the bane of their existence. They do not want to have to search through LinkedIn. They don't want to have to search across Google for you know an expert. So they go to the first person that they can think of, even if that means that you're out there way more qualified than that person, but because they don't know about you, they don't even come to you. So great people who are at the top of their game, who are the best kept secrets in the world are missing out on opportunities every single day because that's how the world works. If they don't know you, they don't buy from you. Yes. The way that I always lay it out for people, because I have people come on the show, by the way, that say what you know, and they give their reasoning and explanation for it. And uh, that's that's all fine and good. And that's why I asked the question open-ended like that. But that's always where I come back to with the who you know versus the what you know equation is that knowledge... I feel that I could see the path to what you know a lot easier if this was 20 years ago we are having this conversation. Mm -hmm. But knowledge and information is in such surplus now. Like it's just all over the place. We're doing it right now. We're creating yeah. knowledge for people right now that you can listen to absolutely for free on any device that's in your house, basically. Like the knowledge has never been more easy to access at this point in history. And so the opportunities, that is where the scarcity still is. The ability to connect somebody into an opportunity where they can thrive, that's where the scarcity is. That's what's in demand. And so if you are only focused on knowledge and not focused on the relationships, then you're missing out on the opportunity. And the thing that I always tell people, Angelique, is this. There is somebody out there getting paid more to do the thing that you're good at when they're probably not as good as you. So they're getting paid more and they're not as good as you 
And the only reason that they're getting paid more and that they're not as good as you is that you are not focused on creating the opportunities with the relationships that that person's focused on. They just got that opportunity because they knew the right person, not because they were that awesome at what they do. So if you're really good at what you do, great. Go tell some people about it. Go get to know some people who you can show how awesome you are at it so that you can be exactly what you said, the top of mind expert in that category. So when anybody thinks about, you know, like we're going to start a podcast for our business, they think Travis Chappell, like that's the guy that I got to reach out to talk to about starting a podcast because he's the first person that can, it's top of mind awareness for that, for that particular industry, that particular thing. Decision makers and companies do not go to Google yeah, and right. start searching. Like it's just, I can't emphasize that enough. That is like number 17 on their list of what they're going to do. And of ways so, to find partners and yeah. And, and yeah they're just going to ask. They're going to think about who they know. First of all, they're going to ask people that they know actually what's really interesting is, you know, millennials now have reached decision maker level. So, you know, the generations are always changing. So now mm-hmm. we have millennials who are decision makers inside of companies deciding mm-hmm. who they're going to work with. Something really fascinating about millennials is that even more than asking a boss or maybe a peer at another company, they ask friends and even family members, their network of who they trust and where they go, even for work decisions, is often their personal circle. There's been a ton of research done on this. It's really fascinating. So if you don't have relationships, they're not looking. And here, this is a tech generation, right? They were born with cell phones in their hands, and yet they're still not going to Google to find their resources. They are still going to the people that they know. So, Mm. I mean, if that doesn't tell us which of those two is king, I also have to say one of the reasons I really love your show is because of what you just talked about. I think whoever originally said content is king should be tarred and feathered because I believe that content is actually turned into a commodity. Because there's so much of it. It's just so readily available. We could never get to the end of the internet. We could never get to the end of the number of podcasts that are out there. There's so much information. And so now the value proposition is on relationships. It's on making connections between ideas. It's about putting pieces of things together in a way that's really unique, whether it's for a business owner or for an organization. So the value proposition really shifted. Maybe 10 years ago, content when newsletters and blogs were just kind of getting hot. But now, I mean, nobody's waking up in the middle of the night going, oh my God, there's not going to be enough information on the internet tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that, that right there is the exact reason you know, agencies like mine exist is, is that there's so many messages are so it's so saturated. So now the only thing that's going to make you stand out is connecting with the right people and making your content the most quality that you can possibly put out because quality content will be quality, interesting and unique. That you're yeah. not getting every everywhere else, right? Yep, exactly, exactly. What's going to make somebody replace a current podcast in their lineup with your new show? Like, exactly. because they're not going to add another one. You can't do it. You can't listen to 400 podcasts a week. You can't do it. So like yours has to be good enough for them to bump one of their regulars and replace right. it with yours, you know? But yeah, so to your point, I totally agree with you there. So talk to me about a couple of ways where people can build relationships on purpose Yeah. in a genuine and better way than showing up to the cocktail mixer and plasting your name tag on your chest and throwing out a thousand business cards to the people that are all around you. 
Well, I mean, I think the first thing is we really have to be honest with people who have taken this idea of relationship building to this degree of just kind of putting on an act. You know, I I have not been to a networking experience in the last couple of years where there hasn't been at least one individual in the room who just wants everybody to know that they're the best at networking. And like, I call him, I call him networking Ned. That's my name for him. Networking Networking Ned. Ned. But no, I want to hear about you and what can I do for you today? And it's just, you know, you just can't wait to get away from that individual (laughs) in, in the room. And it's, you know, so I think the first thing is being authentic and not putting on airs, not trying too hard, not, you know, everyone can feel when you're trying too hard. So don't do that. The next thing is, you know, when it comes to building relationships with senior leaders, real decision makers inside of organizations, you need to put yourself in the rooms where they actually are for starters, right? So what's really interesting over the last 10 years, we've worked with thousands, thousands of business owners all over the world, 72 countries. I mean, just everywhere. And we always have these questionnaires that they fill out when they come in. And one of the things we're always asking them about is what organizations are they members of and where have they spoken? Where are they scheduled to speak? And what's fascinating is that I would say easily, and we should one day pull all of these applications and just read all of them and do the math. But I can tell you that over 85% of where business owners go to speak has absolutely nothing to do with where decision makers actually are, the rooms that they're in. Mm. And so they end up spending all of their time talking to other small business owners or talking to mid-level or entry-level type people, not really the powers that be. So it's really hard to build relationships with people when you're not in the same room as them. And obviously right now with the pandemic, I understand that we're kind of not able to be in physical rooms as much, but you can still be even in Zoom rooms with people. So the first is being in the right rooms with real decision makers, you know, Mm -hmm. not being at those professional associations like SHRM for HR managers. You know, you need to be where the heads of business units, people who have actual P&L responsibility in the organization actually are. So that's number Mm -hmm. one. The second thing is you have to create excuses for them to have conversations with you. You need to come up with reasons why you're going to interact with them. So podcasts are actually a great example of that, you know, where you have a platform now where you can invite people to be on your show. And it's a great way to get to know people and to have an excuse to reach out to decision makers. Having executive roundtables, putting power breakfasts on, even virtual ones, doing an article every month with an industry publication, because they're always in need of writers, that you're interviewing decision makers as part of that. So now you're creating a conversation with them and you're listening and you're learning. So we have all of these tools, yet we act like we don't know how to build relationships in a deeper, more meaningful way than, oh, I'm just going to pretend that I care, but really I'm just waiting to sell you something. And yeah, I think exactly. You know, that is exactly the reason I preach podcasting so much. And you already kind of alluded to it is that is you can book conversations with people without having the like looming intention of I'm here to sell you something. You're only here just to have a conversation. And if it leads to another call, great. If it doesn't lead to another call, don't worry about it. Just continue to put out that content. And it's like, the perfect excuse to reach out to somebody that usually wouldn't give you the time of day that now you can actually have a conversation with them for an entirely long period of time. The other piece of this, especially if you're going to use podcasting as a platform 
in order to win clients in the B2B corporate space. One of the things that's super valuable currency is introductions. Mm. Introductions are one of the best currencies there is when you're dealing with corporate decision makers. Yeah. So if you're doing, let's say a podcast, you know, once a week, twice, whatever it is, now you have all these people who've been on your show different, you know, maybe some from industry associations, some professional associations, some from maybe economic development councils, some from companies, some from your clients. And now you're talking to one person and you're thinking, wow, I would really like to do business with that company. And you're having a great conversation. Somewhere during the conversation, they're probably going to say something that's going to make you think of would it be great if they actually connected with this person over here? But you just had that person on your show six months ago. So now you have a relationship with them and now you can be a person who's making introductions. Mm. And I think it's that idea of spending time to actually cultivate and build your Rolodex so that you can be a connector. And that is one of the best currencies that you can have that's far beyond a commodity of information on a blog that no one's reading anyway. Yeah. So if you put that same amount of time and energy into relationship building instead of writing social media crap, imagine what that would do for your business. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I couldn't agree more with you. It's one of the biggest value pieces that takes like the least amount of time. It doesn't, it doesn't require me to spend a day with you and give you all of my knowledge and information that's in my head to add some right. value to you. It's literally just a quick email. I do all most of my intros on video now using this uh, yep. app on Gmail called BombBomb. I just do a I lot of Bomb my- Bomb. Yeah, I had the CEO of BombBomb on a, a few weeks ago. From then on, I was just like, oh, why haven't I been using this for so long? I do all my intros that way. So I just pop up an email, do a quick video intro. It takes me literally one minute, maybe two minutes and send it on over. But that usually is a huge value add for a lot of the people that, that get connected. So. It's a huge value add. You can also do three-way Zoom calls now. Yeah, which is perfect. great. So, you know, a great option if you have, you know, two people you really want to connect and you want to be able to explain that. And maybe too, you're also looking to deepen your relationship with the two of them, mm, get yeah. everybody on a quick Zoom call or Microsoft team, whatever, whatever you use it, you know, sure. but everyone's home now. Everyone has gotten over this idea of being on camera. All the corporate yeah. people are over it. They think they all just discovered Zoom, that they're the ones <laughs> who discovered it. It's great. Yeah. This cool new um, app. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, wow, there's this thing called Zoom. Well, yeah. no shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, welcome to welcome to 2020. Right, right. And so, but get, you know, get those people on a Zoom, make the introduction, have a call. You're going to hear a little bit of their conversation. And now you're also going to know how you can continue to add value to that relationship. That's what's currency to me. Love that. Love that. Angelique, this has been an awesome conversation. Wish we could keep going, but we are running out of time here. So let's go ahead and move on to the last segment. Something I like to call the random round. Just a few quick random questions, quick random Fun. answers. All right, let's do it. What profession other than your own do you think that it would be fun to attempt? Fashion designer. If you could sit on a park bench with someone, past or present, and chat for an hour, who would it be? Jane Fonda. How do you like to consume content? Books, audiobooks, blogs, podcasts, or videos? And then tell me one of your favorites of the one you pick. Definitely audiobooks. My favorite right now, I would have to say, is Richard Branson's latest book, which is Finding My Virginity. I'm still obsessed with it. Give us a glimpse of your morning routine. <laughs> I have two twins that are 10 years old and are sick of being in the house. So my morning routine is me having three cups of coffee and trying <laughs> not to strangle two 10-year-old twin boys. <laughs> oh, man. Good luck with that. Good Thank luck. Thank you. What is your go-to pump-up song? Hall of Fame. Oh, that's a good one. 
what is something that you are just not very good at? Oh, staying organized. And lastly, as we get everything wrapped up here, Angelique, what is one place online where we are going to be able to find you actively the most? Most LinkedIn, for sure. <laughs> that is where corporate is. That's where I am. Perfect. So head over to your LinkedIn and type in Angelique Rewers. That's R-E-W-E-R-S, Rewers, Angelique Rewers. And uh, make sure you reach out, say what's up, tell her that you heard about her here on the Build Your Network podcast. Angelique, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Had Thanks a fantastic time chatting with you. Thanks. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more, all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.